0: Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will
1: break it down for you now. I'm going to start this podcast by talking directly to the listener and not to you, Kate. Hey! Okay, be quiet. I'm right here. Yeah, I I, I hear nothing. (laughs) Folks, however, I am going to compliment you to the listener. Just the other day, I mentioned to her that I was going to have some difficulty editing the podcast on the usual day that I do... And maybe we could skip that week. Kate responds by saying, no, no, no. I can send you the podcast early on a Thursday. You could edit it that... I couldn't say no because she loves this podcast so much. She's willing to go above and beyond the call of duty. To have it come out every single week. I'm and just that's waiting, dedication.
0: I'm waiting for the next the other foot to drop, the ball to drop, something to drop. And her shoes
1: stink. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Know. I that no 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 no. I that, this is all honest, my friend. Oh. This is what I'm saying. I'm I'm literally Thank beginning you. with a compliment. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. But I had nothing else for my opening. It literally had. This is what's written. How dedicated Kate is to doing episodes every week. So that's what I'm going oh. on. I wrote this at some point in the past. I don't know when. <laughs> Um, well, and this if, is my guide I, my request
0: would be if people could recommend the podcast to someone they know,
1: that would be my gift uh to myself <laughs> that would, okay, that would actually be their gift to you, but yeah yeah, yeah, fun fact, but okay, sure, yeah, why not? Yeah. um yes, because you you care. Care a lot. Yeah, so so put those reviews in iTunes and tell a friend and share our posts. Sure, and, and then follow us on Threads or Blue Sky or Instagram or Twitter or wherever you get your fine social media. Kind. Yeah. Yeah. Spread That's the true. good word. Speaking of good words, uh, what's a good word here? What do we do? We speak them. Yeah. What's the name of this podcast? Fusing Fus- Very good. And what do we do? We speak eloquent words. Nope. No, pretty sure you can't say the phrase, we speak eloquent words. <laughs> but I, I'm podcasting so good. We speak good. Them real good. I'm podcasting real good at the people. We real good <laughs> podcast words, yes, good. Thumbs up, fun. Smiley face, five out of five. Okay, cool. Uh Yeah, we talk about picture books. Yeah. And whether they are good or? Eloquent. Hmm real eloquent sure why not (laughs) or bad Kate Bad, yeah yeah and um so it is spooky season it is Halloween season it is a time of year that I find autumnal picture books that we haven't done before today I opted to be less autumnal and more spooky yay with a book that I was I'll admit previously saving for Mother's Day Which is weird. Well, it is weird because it was going to be a very funny Oh man, I, I regret it even now. It's gonna be a heck of a funny Mother's Day pose. Oh it was going to be hilarious. You would have been like, <laughs> Why are you doing this book today? And I would have been like, Technically she's a mom and it would have been hilarious. But it's all gone what's, now, Kate. What's, it's all gone what's because the book. Oh, what's the book? Yeah. You wanna hear the book? Uh huh. Okay. Here it comes. Uh-huh. Monster Mama by hmm. Liz Rosenberg. Sure, but illustrated by Stephen Gamble. Stephen Gamble. Does that name ring any bells the, at all? The are you afraid of the dark? Very spooky, good. Scary Look at you. stories. Oh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, that's yes. close enough. <laughs> Very good. Number. Oh, that's legit. Um, yeah, he uh, continued to make books. He actually won a Caldecott and gave the most infamous Caldecott speech of all time. Um. Uh, Talk to me sometime at a bar, folks. I'll tell you that story. But uh, before he did that, he wrote many other picture books, and this was one of them. Monster Mama, which is clearly in the same vein as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So I'm handing it to you here today. Okay. Enjoy that thing. While Kate does her read, let's talk about Stephen Gamble. I mean, I could talk about the author of this book, but... Any excuse to talk about Stephen Gammel? I'm going to take it. It's freaking Stephen Gamble. Okay, Stephen Gammel, you know him best from these scary stories to tell in the dark books. But what's his story? Where'd he come from? Well, Gammel grew up in Iowa. His father was an art editor for a major magazine. What magazine, Betsy? I don't know, man. Wikipedia wouldn't say. He brought home periodicals and that gave Stephen an early artistic inspiration. And he was given plenty of pencils and paper and encouragement, but he is primarily self-taught, which makes sense when you look at the art that he makes um If you look at his Wikipedia page, it's a little limited because it says wall." He has illustrated nearly seventy books between nineteen seventy three and two thousand thirteen Fun fact, it says that because the entries have not been updated since 2013. Okay, so that's the thing right there. In fact, if you are looking for news articles on him, here's what we know. He lives in Minnesota. He's very private. I know he didn't want to do anything anymore with the Scary Stories books. He's kind of felt hemmed in by them. That's why we saw the horrible Brett Helquist versions for a while there. Remember those? They were not good. They were bad. Um, If you try to look him up news-wise, though, you're going to be disappointed. Most of the stuff that comes up is about the movies of scary stories to tell in the dark. So it's not going to help you out. But you know what? That's okay. The man, he's still blowing and going and still holds the record for the most notorious Caldecott speech of all time. True story. Mama just killed a man. Put a... I don't know. I mean, I I was trying to think of some sort of killer mama... Song oh. I could do, and that was the first one that came to mind.
0: Well, you interviewed Jerry Howell, and
1: she sang. Killed a, her mom. She sang a song called Mama. Oh, okay. It's a I mean, it's a pretty common term for <laughs> one's mother, right? Uh, yeah.
0: Do you know anyone who called their mother Mama? No. Like
1: as an adult? No. And well, or and after also, the age of four, <laughs> I don't even know that many children who call their mom. It's mommy. It's like an American thing. It's mommy usually. Uh. Yeah. Except for my son. Who calls me Mother? Like he's a 19th century <laughs> Victorian mother. child. Mother. It, well, usually when he's mad at me. Mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of adorable. So, yeah. Well, the art,
0: to, to best describe the art in this book, it's like that Scary Stories
1: book, yeah. but but in color. Right, exactly. He was never allowed to use color for those books because it's cheaper not to. And he's, so, yeah. and he's a big fan of taking, like,
0: spots splashes of paint and like flicking them onto the page.
1: I just feel like watching him paint would be an amazing experience and I know very very few people have actually seen this live. It's so, like a yeah. controlled Jackson Pollock. Yes. This isn't scary. Is it not? No. Okay. It's if anything. You don't, you're not even slightly creeped out by the art?
0: No. Oh, okay. If anything this book is super confusing.
1: Oh tell me more.
0: Okay, well, let's start from the beginning. So we okay. meet this kid, um, I think, uh, Carrot Top at age eight.
1: Yeah, he's a ginger. I Big think time. it's fair to say. Mm-hmm.
0: And we, his name is Patrick Edward. Gotta love the oh, two love first names. I love
1: it. The two first is, name, name, yeah. Yep.
0: That's good. And he calls his mother, who is technically a monster, mm. Monster Mama. And okay, was like, well,
1: obviously she set that up or is fine with it, or else she would not allow him to say that. I don't know i think it's still kind of rude but i mean maybe that's what she wants though maybe her mother uh she called a monster mama and it's a family thing
0: could be could be could be So, uh, she is very sweet to her son, but when she's in bad moods, like the entire neighborhood gets scared, there's a cave that's attached to their house. I love that. And that's where she
1: stays. Oh, she's got a mama cave? She has, yeah. It's a mom cave. We always hear about man caves. Yeah. This is a monster mama cave. It's a monster mama cave. Damn right it is. All right. And,
0: uh, and what's interesting is that like, okay, so when Patrick Edward gets sick, she will take care of him. Now, at this point, all you're seeing is, like, her back.
1: Yeah, you haven't had a good
0: view of yeah, her. Yeah, you can't see her face. You right. can see her arms. You can see her dress, her hair, mm-hmm. uh, her fingers. Like, when she's feeding her son when he runs a fever, you can see her arms are, like, there's, there's a spoonful of something that she's given him. It's drippy. But what's weird is that he is holding on to... A tiny little chair <laughs> <laughs> like not a stuffed animal oh, no
1: that's a tiny little not chair a, not a
0: doll not a figurine why is that so a, much more
1: disturbing than anything else that, that is his so
0: go-to toy which is a now please remember this tiny chair I shall okay I don't know how I could forget it I do like the details that we can see of the mom like her hair on her arms and the back of her hands is extremely long and Mm. because she likes to paint she's always in paint colors like her fingers are always like different colors of blues greens reds purples every fingernail is a different color that's awesome when you finally get to see the the kid uh you know standing with his mom again you can't see her face her hair is covering her face his hair is like if you put your finger in a socket yeah it's it's kind of staticky all over the place. It's it's literally every which way. But she teaches him use your powers for good, never for evil. So I'm like, okay. I mean, that's just good. Okay, so this, this is gonna, this is foreshadowing. Yeah, something's okay. gonna happen where he's gonna use whatever powers he has. okay That would be the logical guess. Yes. Okay, she's mystical. In a way, because she she teaches him how to cast spells that can put almost anyone to sleep. But she's also practical, Betsy. Because when it's raining cats and dogs outside, she drives her 1972 (laughs) Peugeot. Yeah.
1: That's a gremlin. (laughs) My
0: God. And I, I like you know she covers up herself with a you know a, a cloak and a hood. Again, you can't you can't see car, her face. Well, again, yeah. the, the mystery, right, right, right. But right. I, I love that this is the car that she's driven since she was sixteen. Clearly, and it hasn't died yet. And she takes her son to school if it's raining. But the use of paint to show it's raining again, it's it's like kind of at a diagonal mm-hmm. it's splodgy it's different colors of blues and purples i really like it i like the use of
1: paint the man is good with paint i mean that's just the simple fact of the matter
0: yeah so remember when i told you that the kid had a toy chair yeah it seems oh. an odd choice well you turn the page and there is a chair that is an exact replica of his toy but it's in their i guess living room it's a little strange mm-hmm. but okay so he invites his friends over and she'll bake cookies for the friends, but she never comes out of the cave. She doesn't want anyone to meet her. Not his piano teacher, not the kid's friends. And I'm thinking, okay, number one, how is the piano teacher and the kid's friends' parents cool with never meeting the parent?
1: It was a different time. I mean, what are the what's the year on this one? 1993? <laughs> we were still at the end of the uh, let your children just run in the streets era. So, yeah, well, still true and i do like you can see her eyes like just barely coming yeah, like, poking out of the cave yeah
0: but number 2 how have the friends never say oh my gosh you
1: have a cave in your house let's go play in the cave i mean that that's a fair point that's a fair point yeah. any kid who sees another kid has a cave attached to their house he must have redirected them in some way not to notice it to
0: his piano playing because he's playing the piano and they look enthralled so maybe there's a spell maybe really
1: boring friends maybe <laughs> that's the thing yeah
0: i do like that they're diverse so yeah they props are props to that yeah now this is what confuses me with the illustrations Ooh, tell me more you turn the page we are halfway through the book right and now you see her face There's no pomp and circumstance, you know, at this moment of why her face is now being revealed. She's just... She looks pretty normal, man. Yeah, she's just telling her son, um, you know, I want something lovely for dessert. Something with strawberries. And so, okay, but it's just a strange choice to have Mm -hmm. this be the moment where you can see her face. And it's not
1: even all that dramatic. I mean, it's just a casual like, oh, by the way, here's mom.
0: Maybe it's because Steven wanted to show her being calm and quote unquote normal because the next time you see
1: her face she's very angry oh okay well yeah maybe maybe this oh well this sounds like an editor's note it feels like the first time you saw her she was angry and then an editor came in and was like oh you need to see her at least once face wise i don't know if i
0: agree with that decision though if she's called monster mama right?
1: she's supposed to be a monster man right I guess it depends on what their story they're trying to tell, but I don't know. know. This
0: seems Hard. like a strange choice. I'm not an editor. Yeah, I'm. I just this don't...
1: feels like an add on, though. You're right. It was unnecessary, and they just sort of plunked it in there.
0: Yeah. So the kid goes to a new market across town, and he picks up strawberry tarts. Mm. And you can see all these people in the market, and I swear. Behind the kid, there's probably a kid on top of another kid's oh, shoulders. Oh, that is clearly
1: three children wearing a trench coat. Yes. <laughs> but very I, clearly. But the use of
0: watercolor to, you know, show the different colors of these coats, they're really pretty. Oh, I
1: man, they very are. very yeah. No one does watercolors like Stephen Gamble.
0: Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. But the kid, Patrick Edward, he runs across three big bullies with a oh, baseball bat. A freaking baseball bat? Yeah. And he... He's not afraid. He calls them creeps. They take his bag. He grabs it back. Then they start chasing him. And, okay, again, this is another part that confuses me. It says they chased him down the street into an empty lot. Villains, farewell, howled Patrick Edward. Okay, now I'm thinking he's got them trapped in an well, empty lot. I mean, that lot. Sounds
1: like he's got them trapped. Yeah, yeah, he's got
0: them trapped in an empty lot. He's going to do some magic spell, right? You turn the page... It says, okay, now he jumped over a creek, flew through the woods, bounded up the side of a mountain. I'm like, what?
1: I thought he was in an alleyway. Right. Maybe that's his magic. He got out of the alleyway. I have no idea. That's very confusing, though. Thank you. I I, I was like, you you set it up. Someone lost the thread. Now, that's the author's fault, I would would argue.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, now I have one qualm with the author one right. qualm with the
1: illustrator okay right. Yeah, right. so you know 50 50 it's fair
0: <laughs> they eat the uh dessert that patrick edward had bought they tie him to a tree with a piece of twine teenage boys just carry twine with them evil
1: teenage boys carry twine with them
0: the kids are you know the three bullies they're they're yelling at patrick edward who is tied up against this tree and Patrick Edward is still, like, you know...
1: Defiant to the end. Yes, he's yeah. like,
0: lizards, death to all tyrants. <laughs> and then the bullies come back with, your mother wears army boots. Oh, that's an
1: ancient insult. I've never heard that. And oh, that was an old one from, like, World War Two.
0: How is that an insult? That means she's tough as nails. I know,
1: I know. It's it. That's why it's outdated. It's a very old insult.
0: Okay, well... Apparently, just saying the word mother freaks this kid out. Mm. I forgot to mention that while he was running through the woods, he tried doing that sleep charm on them and it didn't work. Ah. So as soon as they mention his mother, though... Ooh, it's like The Exorcist. My goodness. he he, Very Reagan. Yeah, he, he freaks out. He screams, he roars so loudly that it breaks the baseball bat. Ooh. So then... He is now chasing the bullies through the woods. I mean,
1: after that face, I would run from him too. Well. And yeah. and
0: it says that he is now truly monstrous. Mm-hmm. But Mama, ma- Monster Mama, can hear the echoes of his roar, and she knows immediately. Oh, oh no, <laughs> my son has garnered powers, and I need to stop him. <laughs> oh, nice. So in one fell swoop, she leaps in, and then you see this image of the mother. With uh you know the the kids and the bully, yeah, um, and this would have been the best time to see her first because I agree her neck is hanging on by strings strings. her her hair her eyelashes and eyebrows are are longer than her hair this
1: would be a good moment because this is a defense of her son I don't understand why you needed to see that previous one I agree I think this is the strongest possible introduction eyes are red this is the monster mama I mean this is what you want your mom to be when she defends you when people are being mean to you
0: yeah and she tells those boys, you pick up that bag that had the, the tarts in them. And, the, and they pick up the bag and, and, you know, they tell her to, she tells them to, you know, get my son's hat. And they get the hat. And then she's like, and I still want something lovely for dessert. <laughs> and so all the boys, all four of them go back into the house and they feverishly start what? making a strawberry tea cake with french whipped cream on top and well i'm done
1: there i'm thinking
0: this they would not go far no, on the great this... british baking show
1: that cake definitely has a soggy bottom it has a soggy bottom but it, maybe it tastes good maybe i mean this is a big maybe it's, it's a great big maybe it's
0: a strawberry tea cake that mm. has blue purple so maybe that's mold it has
1: three layers
0: it's three tall so layers thick they're thick. It's leaning. Mm-hmm. It's definitely leaning. I I like the whipped cream.
1: I hate whipped cream.
0: The, so now they're all, like, sitting around the table eating cake like they're BFFs. Yeah. And I, I don't understand. Patrick, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, says, Strength is for the wise, not the reckless. More cake, please. And I'm
1: like, what? Wait, I'm going to have to sit here for the next half hour and figure that one out. Wh- okay. Why? Uh, wait,
0: what? <laughs> why? Why did the author include that? That's...
1: Who precisely is being reckless here? Okay.
0: It, it's just strange to. This seems dis, disconjointed?
1: Is that a word? Yeah, disjointed, dis, I think. Okay. But disconnected. Or disconnected. Disjointed, or disdro- disjointed. I like disconjointed. Or as you said Disconjointed. <laughs> it just solves everything. And
0: else. then at the very end, uh, Patrick walks the boys to the front gate. The boys say, Your mother is something else. And Patrick edward says, It runs
1: in the family. What is it? Being something else. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, he chased them after being tied up with twine. I guess. So, so that's, that's, that's what, what runs in the family? That, Monstrous that, impulses, maybe? It. It. That's it. it. That's it. Well, so I've, the, I've heard of Stephen I King's I guess it, the so. moral of the story is don't get between a woman and her dessert. I mean, or her son, <laughs> oh. I would say, as well. But yeah, you're right. She... She doesn't insist that that they apologize to her son. She does insist on getting the dessert. And you know what? I'm a mom. I support that. (laughs) I support that uh, 100%. If I sent my son off to the grocery store to get some dessert and he doesn't come back and instead is chasing three bullies, I would insist that they get me dessert. So yeah. The reviews on this were interesting. And sometimes, I must say, of all the review journals, sometimes it's the Kirkus reviews that I love the most because they are at times small works of art here's what they said about this particular book. This is not for the literal-minded. Those who read the thematic title as an oxymoron may also feel challenged by the gorgeous, if unconventional, art. A splendid book that reaches deep into truth, not all of it cozy, and comes up smiling. (laughs) That's like... Uh, All right, y'all. I mean, that reviewer had something going on. I'm not sure what, (laughs) but I kind of respected it in a weird way. Okay. Yeah.
0: Ratings time. Honestly, I'm just confused. Yeah. The writing doesn't make sense at times. The illustrations, while pretty, don't make sense at times. And I don't get the last line. I get that she's a mother who loves her son like something fierce, but there's a lot of unanswered questions. So I'm a down the line five because while I like the art, I'm too confused to understand a lot of the choices made.
1: I mean- a lot of time with picture books, they're metaphors, right? And you have to read into the metaphor to a certain point where the wild things are. Let's just go to an obvious monster thing. You can read a lot of different interpretations into that. With this one, we're talking about the monstrousness of a mother's love. Potentially, it's very unclear. And it, it seems to go in a certain direction then change mid-course yeah. more than once. Yeah. which. Doesn't allow you any chance to come up with an overriding theme for it about monstrousness, you know, motherhood, uh, what we owe our mothers. I think there was something that could have been said here. I don't think it quite made the leap. Um, and as a result, I think it's a little bit forgettable. So I'm a 4.5.
0: Oh, with our scores combined, it's a toe it's under a toe the line classic.
1: So it's not a
0: classic. It's not a classic. Yeah, I'm okay with that because yeah. I was just confused the entire time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot to recommend with this book, but I don't think it's a classic. No, no, that's <laughs> that's the bar. We Sorry, did guys. Quite <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Let us time. Ooh. Okay, our first comments actually come from the author of the book we just did. So we did. And he was worn by Jarrett huh. Jarrett wrote in oh. and answered many of the questions that we had about the book. Oh my gosh. So first of all, he said, aww, this was my grandmother's most favorite book of mine. Aw. I'm going to film a read aloud, but I didn't realize it was the two decade mark for this one. Oh, it most certainly is. Yep. Uh, he said this was such a fun listen. So Aww. that's nice. Thank you, Jared. I hope he didn't mind that I kind of butchered his last name. <laughs> uh, I think was close he's enough. Probably used to it by now. Yeah. Uh, some fun facts per the inquiries in the pod. The names in the sh- on the shops. Remember you, you uh-huh. said uh, aren't my kids. I was the ripe old age of twenty three when I made this book. The names are both camp friends that passed. Uh, And one of them is featured in his graphic novel, Memoir, Sunshine, which just came out this year. Uh, The mom in the book, he didn't realize this until years later, she looks like a character he created later called called Lunch Lady. Uh, And it is true. Did you see the birthday ribbon and card floating in the breeze earlier in the book? Fun fact. No, I have never noticed that. Mm. Not only. You can also see the ghost kid's sneakers earlier in the book. Okay. And Annie is a punk kid with actual blue hair. So that answers that question. Also, there was an unproduced sequel, Annie's Anti-Valentine's Day. Thanks, uh, Jared. Well, I'm glad he wasn't mad that we didn't like the title. (laughs) I I think he was fine. It may not have even been his choice. Um, Also, Stephanie the Third Sister also wrote in. Uh She said, happy spooky season, sisters. (laughs) Love the last episode. I had not heard of Annie was warned, which seems like a truly delightful picture book. However... I will say that the title feels more like a middle grade novel, along the lines of Mary Downing Hahn's uh, Wait Till Helen Comes. Yes, it does. She's right. My two comments this week have nothing to do with the book you read. (laughs) Instead, I locked onto two off-the-cuff comments you both made, for which I have stories. One, the movie Heavenly Creatures. I did mention Heavenly Creatures at one point. I I did. That's on me. So, I grew up reading the murder mysteries my mom was reading at the time. I was particularly into a series that took place in Victorian England, where the detective was a woman who fell in love with a Scotland Yard detective and then married him, which took her out of the high society she was born into. The murders in these books were quite grisly, something I didn't mind as much as a teenager, though I shy away from them now. Fast forward to me in college receiving a signed copy of one of these murder mysteries that my mom got me after going to an author event. I was thrilled. But about a year later, I became aware of the movie Heavenly Creatures and realized that the murder mystery writer I had been reading all those years and the one who signed the book for me was none other than Anne Perry, a.k.a. Juliet Marion Holm, a.k.a. one of the teen murderers in the movie. This is true. It seemed like quite a choice to participate in beating your friend's mother to death with a brick, serve time for it, and then go on to have an illustrious career writing grisly murder mysteries, all that's to say i own a book signed by a convicted murderer <laughs> and let me just say and perry mur- murder mysteries are very popular in my library to this day yes okay number two annie are you okay from michael jackson's smooth criminal is confirmed to have been taken from the same people use when practicing cpr on the original recessy annie cpr doll i learned this while listening to an episode of the podcast this is criminal which is a fantastic podcast i highly recommend
0: yeah, you could also do CPR to staying Alive, or you can do it to
1: Another One Bites the Dust. Very Dep- nice. Depending on how you feel. Just whatever you're in the mood for just that particular that, day. Just go with yeah, that just, tempo. Just go for it, yes. <laughs> Grown-up things we like. I'll go first. Mine's not interesting, really, at all, and I, I'm just fond of it. I am currently watching the third season of Only Murders in the Building. So, uh, so is The Penguinologist. Uh, it's very good. They are putting on a musical, and uh, it is... A lot of original songs. Um, these special guests, This well, there's two special guests. There's Paul Rudd and there's Meryl Streep, uh, which are some pretty big guests, I would say, particularly of the Meryl Streep persuasion. But there's also a patter song uh, that showed up on my Spotify, apropos of nothing, before I even saw the episode where it was introduced uh, as part of this wackadoodle musical. It's a delight. Steve Martin, again, I I like everyone in the show, but Steve Martin's having the time of his life. He's utterly delightful. So I know if you're already watching it, I don't need to sell it. And if you haven't watched it, you probably don't want to start with the third season. But if you ever get to it, I love the third season of Only Murders in the Building.
0: Okay. Yes. Well, I've been hooked on this... uh this book series called The Thursday Murder Club. Oh, yeah. Very popular. So, a quick synopsis that I found online. In a peaceful retirement village, four unlikely friends meet up once a week to investigate unsolved murders. But when a brutal killing takes place on their very doorstep, The Thursday Murder Club finds themselves in the middle of their first live case. Elizabeth, Joyce, Abraham, and Ron... Might be pushing 80, but they still have a few tricks up their sleeves. Can our unorthodox but brilliant gang catch the killer before it's too late? Um, I read the first book, and it took a while to get used to all the different characters, which if you don't read the book in one sitting, it can be a bit overwhelming.
1: Is there a cast list at the beginning? No. Um, see, I always like it when they do a cast list. No. But, yeah.
0: However, the writing is fun, and I loved being wrong multiple times as to who the killer was. Uh, the second book in the series, The Man Who Died Twice, had me a bit teary-eyed at the end. Oh. Uh, luckily, most of the characters from the first book were in the second and then in the third, so it wasn't like I had to learn 15 new characters from scratch. Right. Um And I like the ending of the third one, too. So they're written by Richard Osman. There are four books in the series. The fourth one just came out a couple weeks ago. So if you like reading about old people in a retirement home solving murders, I didn't think that would be me, but it is now. And this is the series that I recommend. So
1: you have old people solving a murder in a retirement home. I have old people solving (laughs) murder... You know, home, this goes very well together, I'd say. Probably far better than anything we've ever done before. You would think we planned this. You would think. You would think. And yet, uh, we planned nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Planning? That's too much work. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm not plan nothing, man. All right. But I will have to plan on finding another creepy picture book to do with you for this month of October, so. Yes. Until I do find such a book... I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Kime, and our monster Papa is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.